Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the COVID What Comes Next podcast with Dr. Ashish Jha, Dean of the Brown University School of Public Health and a globally respected pandemic scientist and physician. Every week here, Dr. Jha will analyze events of the previous several days and offer his assessment and guidance for what lies ahead. I'm your host, G. Wayne Miller of the Providence Journal and the USA Today Network. Good morning, Ashish. How are you today? Good morning, Wayne. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you. So we have a couple of general questions and a couple from our audience members. Let's start with what I think is sort of the major news this week. The CDC study reported on Monday that the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are highly effective in what newspapers and media are calling real-life situations namely against variants. Uh, The study also reports high rates of effectiveness after just one shot. Also, that vaccinated people seem unlikely to transmit the disease if they become asymptomatically infected. A lot there. Maybe you can break it down for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So really good news and all consistent with a lot of other data we've had, but now I think just more definitive you know, so you and I have spoken for months about what we think is happening with these vaccines. And we've said, this is what the data is pointing to, but we don't have anything definitive. It's getting more definitive. So what, what do we know now? We know is that in real life setting, meaning not just in clinical trials, but in real life setting, once you get vaccinated, boy, you're really protected. Like not 100% because nothing in life is 100%, but very, very, very high levels of protection. Second is even one dose of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine are highly effective, meaning even a couple of weeks after the first dose, you've got a good amount of protection. That does not mean you get to skip the second dose, by the way. People should absolutely still get the second dose because the second dose is going to give you not just a little bit more protection, but probably much more durable protection, that it will last longer. So don't give up on your second dose. That would be a very bad idea. And then the third is something that we've talked about, which is this whole question of transmission and do people who get vaccinated, can they still transmit? And these data really suggest that it's very rare that people who have been infected, I'm sorry, who've been vaccinated, even if they were to get infected, which is pretty unlikely, uh, their likelihood of passing it on to somebody else is extremely low. All of this is terrific. And just a reminder of how great these vaccines are. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, we've talked about how miraculous it was that they were developed so quickly and became so effective and are rolling out now in in enormous numbers. So as happens, has happened frequently during the pandemic, a dose of good news, what you just talked about is often accompanied by a dose of quote unquote bad. And so in this case, the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky on Monday said a possible fourth surge of COVID disease leaves her with a sense of, quote, impending doom. 
And then she added, I know you also badly want to be done. We are just almost there, but not quite. What do you make of that? Yeah, I will say two things. First of all, I've known Rochelle Walensky for a long time. She is very measured and thoughtful in her words. So I take words like that seriously. This is not a, this is not a person, uh, a leader who speaks, um, you know, kind of glibly or quickly. I mean, she just, so it was really important that she said that. So the question is, why does she say it? What's the concern? And the concern is we are seeing an increase in cases in like 35 states. Uh, infection numbers are rising pretty quickly in a bunch of them. And given that we still have a good chunk of Americans who are vulnerable, who have not yet been vaccinated, she's worried and I'm worried that we're going to see a spike in cases. Now, I'm not worried that we're going to see a huge crush of hospitalizations and deaths because so many high-risk people have been vaccinated. But there's still vulnerable people out there. And anybody who gets sick and infected and dies now is somebody who would get vaccinated in the next month. So we really have to kind of hold on tight and be careful. So the last general question, um, we have another upcoming holiday weekend for many people. It's Easter on Sunday and, and people who uh, celebrate Easter often do it, typically do it with dinners together and visits, you know, back and forth. What is your counsel on this upcoming major holiday? Yeah. Um, so two things. First is if you are with other vaccinated people, you are really quite safe and you can do whatever uh, you want. Meaning if you want to get together with four or five other vaccinated people and have a meal, fabulous. The bigger problem is what about vaccinated people getting together with unvaccinated or even more concerning, unvaccinated people in general getting together who are not part of the same household. And for meals right now with the variant circulating, infection numbers rising, it's not a good idea. And I know that Easter is incredibly meaningful for so many people. And what I would say is this is probably the last major holiday where people who want to be vaccinated have not been able to get a vaccine. Even by Memorial Day, anybody who wants a vaccine will have gotten one. So if people can hold off on gathering, if you're unvaccinated, that would be really important. So it's basically what Dr. Walensky was saying, which is just hold on a little bit longer. We're talking about we're talking about a month right here. We are near the end of March. I believe by the end of April, every high risk person who wants a vaccine will have got at least one dose, which we know offers a good amount of protection. And that's where I think like that's why I've been very encouraging of states to hold off on public health relaxation until the end of April. And then starting in May, start relaxing those public health restrictions slowly and carefully. Uh, and uh, and by June, we can probably have uh, much of our economy uh, back to normal. Well, as always, that's very good guidance and, and advice. So a couple of audience questions. We have uh, two that I picked this week. The first is from Ryan Maldonado, a Los Angeles resident who is a TV writer and actually a TV writer, great note. And he, he wrote he wrote to us saying, quote, Dr. Jar is really the most important, reasonable, reasonable voice out there for me and my family. With the variant in the UK, there was a lot of chatter about more kids under the age of 12 getting infected. But I've yet to see any supporting data. Can you talk about the data for children in places where the variant B117 has hit hard. Are more kids being hospitalized? 
uh, more kids dying. And, and Ryan has a four-year-old, so it obviously is of great interest to him personally, too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about what we know. Um, even under normal circumstances, kind of the original wild-type virus, uh, kids did get infected. It's not like kids did not get infected. They did. Uh, but they did not tend to get particularly sick. Uh, and thankfully, almost again, very, very rare likelihood of kids dying. So that's been, by the way, one of the silver linings of this pandemic is children have been uh, have not been getting sick in large numbers. So does B117 change that? That's the question Ryan's asking. Is that is, is this a different thing? And there's been some confusion. So let me clear up the confusion. Um, one group of people. Well, let me start with the right answer. And then I'll kind of the right answer is. Kids were susceptible to the previous infection. They're susceptible to this one. There's been some idea of are kids more susceptible to B117? No. Everybody's a bit more susceptible. It's a bit more of a contagious virus. And to the extent that everybody's more susceptible to getting infected with B117 because it's more contagious, kids also. But kids don't have a particular predilection to getting infected with B117. And uh, I have not seen any data that kids are at, uh, more likely to start dying from this. We do, there is a little bit of data that B117 may cause slightly more severe disease. It's not a huge effect. I suspect that'll show up in kids too. But do I expect kids in large numbers to start getting infected and really sick or even, God forbid, dying from B117? No. Uh, I think that is highly unlikely. We haven't seen it. And the last point I will make is that right now, B117 is the majority of infections in the U.S., and kids are getting infected, and a small proportion do get hospitalized. Uh, but these are small numbers, and we have not seen any huge spikes in deaths in kids. Thank you. And so the second question, uh, it, it comes from a listener in New England, but it, it's a question I think that's on a lot of people's minds. And so I'll, I'll read the question. Could you please speak more about air travel for those who are already vaccinated? When is it safe slash responsible enough for fully vaccinated people to travel by air within the U.S.? Um, I'm going to go, I think, slightly against my friends at the CDC on this. And I, say, I will say I think it's fine now. Uh, I, you know, look, I, I think you should, it's not, like I wouldn't get, get on a plane unnecessarily because you're still out and about interacting with a whole lot of folks. But if the question is, is it, if, you know, is it safe for, like, for instance, my elderly parents are fully vaccinated. Uh, they live in New Jersey. They're going to come visit us and they're going to take the train. Uh, but then I have, they have one other kid, my brother and his family, they live in LA. And so my parents are going to get on an airplane and fly to LA. I think that's reasonable. I think that they're vaccinated. I don't think people need to be avoiding travel at this moment for important things. I don't know that I would be doing a whole lot of unnecessary travel at this moment, uh, but for things that feel important personally or professionally, if you're fully vaccinated, I think it's reasonable and safe to get on a plane. So here's a personal question from this audience member, namely yeah. me. My son lives in Japan, and he's thinking of coming home in the fall. I mean, obviously, that's many months away. Any, yeah. thoughts, any thoughts on whether that'll be okay? He's also a young man, so. Yeah, absolutely okay. I mean, again, I, I have to say I have not been following the vaccination data super closely in Japan right now, but, I, but certainly by this summer, Japan will have plenty of vaccines. He should get vaccinated. And once he's vaccinated, he can come visit, uh, you know, as often as he wants. I don't I think international travel will start really opening up a lot. Um, the challenge will be a lot of countries will still be struggling to vaccinate people into the summer and fall or even winter. Uh, but Japan probably will not be one of them. 
And so, uh, you know, he should absolutely plan on a visit this fall. And in fact, you can tell him that it's doctor's orders. He's got to come visit uh, <laughs> you this fall. And I think next year we're going to go visit him there. So, so thanks. Thanks again, as always, uh, to our audience. If you have a question for Ashish, send it to gwmiller at providencejournal.com and write question for Dr. Ja in the subject field. Ashish, have a great week. Thanks again. My pleasure. Always fun to be on. And I look forward to connecting up next week, uh, Wayne. Be well. You too.